Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome in. This is Kevin Hissong with Rain Over Money. Welcome to episode 25. This is the tippy top of the Rain Over Money diamond or the ROM diamond. Hard to believe we've made it all the way to the top, but this is the last piece to the puzzle that will complete it. Uh, kind of complete uh, the year of 2023 and then 2024 again, we'll drill down into some of the specifics that make up each category. But by the time this is all said and done, I hope this is gonna provide a very nice foundation for you and your money. Uh, I've tried to cover all areas that I think uh, are involved in personal finance, investing, and everything that goes along with that. And this is one that kind of um, is, is the icing on the cake. And what we're going to be talking about today is estate planning for the 99%. Estate planning for the 99%. That is uh, essentially the estate planning for all of us, except for that 1% that has a whole lot of money that is going to be doing a bunch of different things for estate planning that we really don't care about. <laughs> And unfortunately, when it comes to estate planning, um, I think that's the first thing on everyone's mind. When you think of estate, just the, the first thing you think about with estate is something uh, large, massive, rich, wealthy, and so on and so forth. Well, um, yes, for, for those that have, you know, uh, I think the number is around $12 million in their estate. If you've got $12 million in, the, in your estate or more, uh, you need to have probably a team of attorneys, financial advisors, everything else that goes with that because um, you can get into estate taxes and everything else that go along with that, where there needs to be some specific planning, some real intricacies in how everything is set up and worded and all your documentation and everything. But for the other 99% of us, there's not that much that goes into it. And I think estate planning is, again, one of those things that's a big word that that uh, can mean a lot of confusing things. But I'm going to try and distill it down as we try and do on Rain Over Money, uh, try and distill that down to the specifics of what everyone should do just to make sure that their house is in order when it comes to your estate. And by your estate, I mean if you happen to pass away with one penny, You've got an estate. That money has to go somewhere, and uh, we just need to make sure it goes to the right place. So we're going to dig into it again, just 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, I will say, just in, in a preface to this, estate planning, um, th there was a time when I was I was training for the, um, studying for the, the CFP, Certified Financial Planner exam, and at the time there were five uh, pre-courses you had to do. And, and I'm, I'm just going off recollection here, but I think I did the first four, and then I got to the fifth, and that was estate planning. And these are huge, huge textbooks to uh, to study and go through before you take each exam. And I, I don't think I made it through fifty to one hundred pages of this this book. It was so dense the information, and and the the details of A trusts and B trusts and and islets and just all these terms and things that again in in theory are fantastic and probably work. And I'm sure they do work because people do them. Um, but they're confusing and they really probably only work for uh, 1% of folks out there. And that's not what we're worried about. If you get, again, anywhere from a penny up to, you know, a few million dollars in your account, as most of us have, 
uh, hey, this, I think this will be enough for you. But as always, consult with your financial advisor, consult with your CPA. If you do have a, an attorney uh, that you work with as well, always consult with them on, on this stuff. Uh, I am um, as much of an expert as, as 25 years in the business and enjoying personal finance all my life as you can be and, and doing it successfully. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, these people focus on this stuff day in and day out. So let's jump into it. First thing we want to talk about when it comes to your estate planning is, is let's talk about you know what most people have in terms of, of assets that you've accumulated. Um, and I think the first thing I'll talk about are just your retirement accounts, your 401ks, if you're a teacher, your 403bs, uh, your 457 plans, if you work with the government or hospitals or whatever, your IRAs and so on and so forth. Um, what do we need to do with those? The first thing you need to do is to not just gloss over your beneficiary information. You need to make sure, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's timely that we're doing this now because December, end of the year, hey, as you get through the new year and get into January, that, that's kind of a January is always a nice time to get the house in order, whatever you're doing, get the suites out of the house, um, <laughs> you know, throw away the, or take the clothes you're not using to goodwill, whatever it is. Oh, let's, let's get your financial house in order too. So what you want to make sure is any IRA or 401k or all that, it, all that you have, uh, you want to make sure you have your beneficiaries correctly labeled on those accounts. And for most people, that's going to be, if you're married, it's going to be your spouse. Um, if you're not married, it's going to be a significant other uh, or, or a parent, maybe. Um, if you have children, maybe you don't have a spouse, it, it may go to your children. Uh, make sure the, the percents are as you want them. And also make sure that you have a primary beneficiary. And there should be an option to add a contingent beneficiary too. Primary is who it's going to go to. Contingent is, hey, if you pass away and you haven't updated your account and your pr primary beneficiary is no longer living, it will then flow through to your contingent beneficiary. It's kind of a first and then second situation. So make sure you have all that information figured out. Um, if you're divorced, um, you know, it can get a little bit co more complicated. So that that's something, again, you, you definitely, if you're divorced, you really want to consult with a financial advisor uh, because there's a lot of intricacies that go into it um, that, that, that don't play for those that uh, are married or single and so forth. So uh, just something to think about. So beneficiaries, first thing to think about, because with your retirement accounts, and we're going to talk about wills and, and trusts and all that in a second here, but even if you got a will and all that set up, if you have a beneficiary listed on your retirement account, that's who it's going to go to. Beneficiaries on retirement accounts overwrite everything else for the most part. Again, everything is said with, you know, a for the most part at the end of it. So uh, again, very important to, to check that out. Log into your accounts, contact your financial advisor, contact HR if you don't know how to do it. Um, but uh, something you definitely need to do. Second thing, let's talk about uh, life insurance. Uh, does everyone need life insurance? Nope. Uh, if you are single and have two cats, you probably don't need life insurance. Um, but if you're married, uh, even if you don't have kids, if you're married, you want to be able to replace your income. And uh, that, that's, again, what we, we, we talked about that with the basics of life insurance earlier. But if you have a, if you are leaving behind family that rely on you for income, you need to somehow have something there to replace it. And again, beneficiaries are very important when it comes to life insurance. Make sure your beneficiaries are updated. Make sure they are correct. Make sure the percentages are as you want them. Primary, contingent, same thing as retirement accounts. The great thing, um, 
So this is something we're not going to get totally into the taxation here, but the difference in retirement accounts and life insurance, retirement accounts will pass on to your beneficiary. Beneficiaries will then have to take those assets out over a period of time. They can they can withdraw those assets in a lump sum. Uh, they can they used to be able to take them out over their life over their own lifetime, but now I believe that's uh, been reduced to, it has to be 10 years, I believe. Uh, it has to be 10 years uh, over their lifetime, it has to be taken out. Um, so, and when they do those withdrawals, they are going to be taxed. Um, if, if it's a traditional IRA, those assets will be taxed. If it's a Roth, they're, they're still gonna come out tax-free, but traditional IRA, somebody's still gotta pay Uncle Sam when it comes to that. Uh, with life insurance, the great thing about life insurance, it does pass on tax-free to the beneficiaries. So they, life insurance is you know, why we get it. It is a great way to pass on to the beneficiaries tax-free. Something to think about there. The next thing, very important, and, you know, I, I don't know, you know, everyone doesn't have it, but I've talked a lot about um, brokerage accounts, investment accounts that are non-retirement accounts. Um, this is what you'll invest, you know, your stocks and your bonds and your ETFs and so on and so forth, maybe paying you dividends and this and that. Two things on these accounts. If you're married, and as long as you have a good financial uh, working relationship with your spouse, uh, you should really have those accounts set up as joint rights with survivor sit joint rights with survivorship uh it's a jt uh or something like that i you know it, it's got a long long acronym after it but joint rights on your brokerage account the reason for that is if something happens to you boom you fall off the account and your spouse just becomes single owner of the account very easy transition when it comes to uh you know death and, and passing away for investment accounts the other thing you should do uh, if you do not have a joint account set up, uh, this is something, you know, for example, my mom has a brokerage account set up and I'm her only son, so I'm the beneficiary on it, is called a transfer of death or a TOD on the account. If you don't know what that is and you don't have that on your brokerage account, it is worth contacting your financial advisor or contacting your custodian where your assets are at, whether it's E-Trade or Morgan Stanley or Robin Hood or whatever. Um, you should have a TOD on your account because TODs are fantastic because what they do is, is they, they avoid probate. And that's really with estate planning. We just want to make the assets flow through simply from the deceased to the parties that are going to get the money. And that, that's, you know, at, at its highest level, that's estate planning is trying to get the money to flow through easily and maximize how much goes to the beneficiaries without, um, you know, the burden of taxes. I mean, you're, you're usually going to pay taxes on something for the most part, but let's minimize the taxes. And that's why when you get into the, you know, the 10, 12, $15 million estates and, and so on and so forth, it can get very intricate because there's a lot of different things you can do to reduce the taxes. Cause uncle Sam takes a big chunk of money out of, excuse me, large estates. Um, but going back to the transfer on death, easy to set up. It's, it's, Think of it as really just a beneficiary for your IRA account or for your a beneficiary for your investment account. Um, it simply transfers over to the person that's listed on the account. And the nice thing, we, we haven't talked a lot about this. I think I maybe mentioned this with non-retirement investment accounts. But the nice thing with non-retirement investment accounts is something called stepped up basis. Stepped up basis means 
if I bought Amazon stock at $100, okay, let, let's use, as I said with my mom, my mom's got a, a TOD where I'm the, essentially the beneficiary or transfer to me on, on her death. Um, let's say she bought Amazon $100 a share 30 years ago, and now it's worth um, $100,000, huge gains in the account. The nice thing about stepped up basis is when it passes to a beneficiary or it transfers to um, an heir, you get the stepped up basis. So those capital gains essentially get wiped out and you take over almost like you bought the stock at, you know, whatever it is now, $250 a share, $300 a share, split adjusted, whatever. But those capital gains get wiped out. So passing away with, with highly appreciated ETFs, mutual funds or stocks, getting that stepped up basis is a nice benefit because your beneficiaries don't have to pay the capital gains taxes on those accounts. You can turn around and get that Amazon stock and sell it the next day, and you're only paying any gains that happened during that one day versus all the gains that happened over the 30 years. So again, that's a nice use of investment accounts versus uh, retirement accounts is getting that stepped up basis. It does not work that way on retirement accounts. Retirement accounts, somebody has to pay the piper uh, for the gains in the accounts, uh, especially on the, the tax deferred accounts, the IRAs, the 401ks, where the money has never been taxed. Roths are different. Roths do pass on tax-free. So again, Roths, more beneficiary when it comes to the estate planning side of things. IRAs are what a lot of people have. Traditional 401ks are what a lot of people have. Uh, so just keep that in mind as well. Transfer death, life insurance, beneficiaries on IRAs, probably the three biggest things from a state planning standpoint. Then you get into um, what, what everyone should have for, let, let's think of you know your other assets you have, your, your home, your car, your furnishings, uh, who knows, a piece of land you bought you know, 20 years ago that's sitting out in the swamps of Florida and so on and so forth. Um, take some time and January is a good time to do this. And we, you know, we, we were thinking ahead. Obviously, I was in the financial industry, so this was on, on top of my mind. But, you know, probably 20 years ago, before we even had kids, um, we contacted a local attorney and had a will and power of attorney and medical directive set up. Those are kind of the three things. A will, power of attorney, and medical directive. Easy to set up. Again, this was 20 years ago. I think it was maybe $250 or $500 the attorney charged for us. But what it did is allowed us to um, have control of things when something happened to us. You, you hear that term, control beyond the grave. Well, yeah, in a way, that's true. I mean, you, you want your assets to go to the proper places, and having a will, first off, allows you to do that. Having a power of attorney means when you become, if you become incapacitated, uh, you know, whether it's laying in a hospital bed or just through, uh, God forbid, you, you know, you pick up a disease, dementia and things like that, uh, that a lot of people are faced with, uh, where you cannot make decisions on your own, a power of attorney is there to act in a fiduciary uh, capacity on your best behalf to make decisions for you and also allows them to sign on your behalf if you become unable to sign things. So it's very important to have that as well. But the will, first off, power of attorney, second thing. And the third thing is medical directive. And this is has to deal with life support and and, and, you know, what happens when, if and when you do become incapacitated, uh, I had to go to the emergency room a couple years ago. And that's one thing they asked for is, do you have a medical directive on file? So if you have one, 
if you've got a hospital or doctor that you work with, make sure that they have that as well in their files so that it can be passed on to the hospital should it need be. Again, all that stuff can be set up by an attorney. Doesn't take long. They're going to ask you some simple questions of what you want done. For example, um, as I said, at the time, we did not have children. Uh, when we had children, we had it updated slightly just to make sure that the assets went uh, to our children the right way. And the nice thing is you can set it up to say um, for any ch children we have and any children that, or any child that we currently have and any children that we will have uh, so that you don't have to keep going back and updating it when you have a second child, a third child, and so on and so forth. Uh, most people are just going to split things evenly, but that can be laid out in the will. You can have the assets split out evenly. But I think a big thing about the will is especially if something would end that, you know, we, we have to plan for this stuff and have to be smart about it uh, because we don't want to leave our kids high and dry. Um, you know, if something would happen to you as a parent before your kids would turn age of majority, 18, 21, you know, depending on the state, whatever it is, if something would happen to you before then, you want to make sure that the assets are doled out in the right way. And usually in those cases, somebody will come in and work as a fiduciary on behalf of your estate, uh, whether it's a, you know, a, a relative, uh, most people's a relative, some people a good friend, but obviously you want it to be a trusted person who you think already is good with money. Uh, you, you know, if you've got somebody that's filed for bankruptcy seven times uh, already, you probably don't want that person being a fiduciary because you want someone to be trusted because things do happen. Uh, you do hear about fiduciaries you know, doing the wrong thing with people money from time to time. Uh, but for the most part, it goes pretty smooth. And that fiduciary will simply look over and make sure that the assets are doled out in the way they should be, whether, um, you know, the, the nice thing about wills is you can say, um, you know, so much of the assets can go to our children at the age of 18. Um, so much of the assets can go to them once they graduate college. You, you can kind of put some stipulations in there to kind of manage things from beyond the grave to, hey, if you want your children to make sure they go to college, put it in the will that they need to graduate college in order to get this amount of money, or else if they don't, they'll have to wait till age 35 to get the rest of the money. So you can kind of dangle those carrots out there. It, you know, it, it's something that people do uh, in, in wills because it, it does give you a way to do some directives. So again, that, that's why wills are important and it, and it covers your house and it covers your estate and, and where those assets go. Uh, most people just divvy those up uh, um, evenly and then let the, you know, the, the heirs figure out, okay, if a house has been split 50, 50, Hey, you know, that that's up to the, to the, the heirs of the estate to decide um, how they're gonna handle a house that's been split up 50-50. A lot of times they'll either sell it and just divide the proceeds or one person will buy the house and the other person, and they'll, they'll give their 50% uh, um, just in money to the other beneficiary or whatever. But there's a lot of ways you can do that. So retirement account beneficiaries, life insurance, make sure if you've got it, you should have it, and term insurance, you don't you don't need to be dealing with that whole life insurance term insurance pretty much covers the most of it make sure beneficiaries are updated there investment uh, investment accounts if you're married make sure you get it joint with rights of survivorship and a transfer on death for those accounts uh, acts very similar to a beneficiary and then you know make sure either you have or it's updated for a will power of attorney and a medical directive you do all those things 99% of us are going to be in really good shape when it comes to an estate plan, and that should cover most of us. Uh, if you want additional readings, especially on retirement accounts and beneficiaries, and, and especially, you know, if you've been divorced or you've maybe, uh, you know, had some intricacies in throughout your life with things and it doesn't, isn't all cut and dry and vanilla, 
Ed Slot is a great author and expert on IRAs. Ed Slot, S-L-O-T-T, is probably the go-to on IRA accounts and retirement accounts. Definitely recommend if you want additional readings to check out him. Um, I found them very interesting. They can get really deep uh, and really far into the weeds, but hey, sometimes that's what you got to get into. It's interesting stuff. And estate planning as a whole is very interesting, especially if you're an attorney or with background as an attorney or you like law. Uh, you know, it, it can be very interesting and something that can be very enjoyable for a lot of people. But 99% of us can be covered with these simple four things. And I hope, uh, you know, this 15, 20 minutes gives you a nice pathway to going forward with that. So, with all that said, Hey, we have completed the ROM diamond. I'm going to do one more, uh, just a recap of the ROM diamond uh, before the end of the year here. And then that's going to wrap it up. And we'll be back next year with uh, getting into the nitty gritty with all the dirty details and everything and more that you want to know about personal finance, investing, and so on and so forth. So again, I'm Kevin Hiss on Random Money. Thanks for joining us on episode 25, Estate Planning for the 99%. Uh, hey, give us a uh, like, give us a follow, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. Shoot me an email, visit the website, rainovermoney.com or kevin at rainovermoney.com is my email and, uh, and say hello. Anything else I can cover, happy to. Uh, looking forward to uh, all, the, uh, all the interesting things we'll get into in 2024. And I wanna thank you for the, the unbelievable response for 2023. It's more than I could have expected and uh, really looking forward to continuing to do, do this in, in 2024. Uh, take care, be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks.